Today, our guest is Kelly Gedge and Alex Saber from Dental Mavericks. Um, dental Mavericks is a non-profit organization um, focused on making dental health care accessible for refugees and vulnerable communities in Morocco, uh, Lebanon and Greece, and maybe many more countries to come. But I am very glad to welcome Kelly, uh, the executive director, and Alex Saber, field coordinator in Lebanon, um, to be part of our gospel podcast. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you, Alex, um, for being part of our podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having us. For sure, for sure. I'm really looking forward to this episode. So um, we are talking about um, the dream, the impact, making dental care accessible abroad in countries which really needs our help the most. Um, first, I would like to ask you both, um, what inspired you to hop on this project, to create Dental Mavericks, to establish a dental charity? Okay, so um, Dental Mavericks was founded 12 years ago. Um, and I think really as within the dental industry, it creates a very healthy lifestyle for us as individuals, if, you know, working in dentistry. Um, and I'm a firm believer in corporate social responsibility. Um, And I think that, you know, just really, I've, I've actually got a marketing company. So the, the first trip was basically inviting um, uh, clients over to go to Morocco to just really to do a very small project with some adventure and some trekking involved. Yeah. Um, and that's how it started 12 months ago. But basically what's happened that since then is that we've really pivoted from being a volunteer organization into a into a, 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 a an NGO which Alex will I'll explain our work in Lebanon um but basically the inspiration behind it was just really to see really the state of children's teeth or the state of children's lifestyle or, or, or even adults as well when they don't have access or cannot afford dental care and the fatalities that that can cause um, and it's just grown and grown and grown over the last 12 years. And it's just now become a really, um, you know, basic need, primary healthcare need for all the uh, communities that we serve. And how do you both met? How do you <laughs> know each other? Uh, well, um, <laughs> well, you explain. <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> okay. So uh, I uh, first let me introduce myself. Uh, I'm a Lebanese uh, dentist. I'm a specialist in periodontology and implant dentistry. Uh, I heard of Dental Mavericks uh, as an NGO here in Lebanon, helping people, especially after the Beirut blast that happened in 2020. Uh, so I really wanted to help. And then an opportunity opened up. The field coordinator that was uh, Marta, also a dentist, had to go back to her home country in Poland. So I applied for the job and uh, got it. And that's how I met uh, Kali, and we've been working together since September 2021. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet Kali here in Lebanon uh, last November, and we went, we visited all the clinics, we signed new agreements of expansion, uh, we were going to start outreach programs here in Lebanon to uh, contribute uh, for oral health, mm -hmm. promote oral health in schools, especially to help refugees and uh, people in need. Uh, we also signed agreements with the university to do a research project uh, regarding the prevalence of dental caries in the population here in Lebanon, given that we don't have any numbers on the subject and we require it, we, sorry, we require it to get more funding. Uh, so basically that's it. Yeah. 
um, you 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 mentioned that you focus not not primarily, but the big part are children's. So you 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 um, can I ask why you say um, especially children needs our help the most? Um, well, I'll, I'll sort of take two steps back from there because, as, as Alex has just said, that since the blast in Beirut, we've we've actually now got clinics that that cater for all demographics of um, society within Beirut. But on the other hand, pre-COVID, where as an NGO, we're very um, um, stuck on the idea of making sure that we have prevention and oral hygiene projects for children. And through, and as, as we're really into the research behind this, but especially in Morocco, um, which is one of our um, sort of key, key projects as well, is that we find that if we can get into schools in kindergarten age and we can get oral hygiene programs running and get toothbrushing clubs running within those demographic between the, the ages of two and five and get people really, uh, children really going for that early, then we can provide fluoride programs as well. And we find that the, you know, it can take decades to shift oral hygiene as an importance within uh, society. I mean, decades. Um, and so we have to start with the youngest and we have to give them the benefits of what oral hygiene means and do the education. The rest of the work that we do is really emergency care. Um, oh, so okay. so really, that, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for a long-term strategy yeah. Um, with the beneficiaries that we work with and the schools are the best place to start because as they will use it as part of their curriculum as well. So it's a more an, an upstream process, not working downstream on the problem, making the education a really big part of the strategy. Exactly. Um, how do you reach, well, how, um, Kelly, you are close to, I think, uh, 20 years, you have 20 years of experience in, in, in marketing, for especially in, in, in for, for, for dental care. Yeah. Um, But it's not Europe or UK where you say you have this digital media and, 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 and our, our approach to marketing, which is more like a standard approach in, in, in Morocco or Lebanon or so on. Um, how do you reach these people with your marketing skills? Is, is this different or is, are these the same processes like in, our, in, in Europe? Not at all, no. I think... Um especially in Morocco, culturally, it's all about face-to-face. -face. I mean, this is why COVID has, has had a, a, a made a, a big challenge, but I think culturally that networking and building strong relationships is one of our real core values uh, in, in my business and in the NGO. Sim exactly the same core value is, and like Alex said, meeting Alex in, you know, in, in November, obviously, um, it makes a big difference culturally to be able to connect face-to-face Getting the word out and building trust is one of the most difficult things. And, and if you imagine if you're in your village and, 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 a, and a team from Morocco or Lebanon turn up in your village and then set up a, um, a you know, a dental unit and ask people to come and get the teeth. Would be tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that it's exactly the same. There's no difference. So what we have to do is we have to build trust through the networks that we have and make sure that When I'm working on a project, for instance, in Lebanon, before we actually started, we were working through another NGO uh, collaboration. Before we did any work on our own, we made sure that we built relationships. I went over for around two years, once a month to Beirut and, and Bekaa Valley, where the uh, biggest refugee population is. And I built the relationships around the camps before we went in and did the work. Um, which is really, and the same with Morocco, and that's the key to it. It's all about that trust and credibility and the relationship that you have. 
working with the schools, getting consent from the parents, making sure that the parents fully understand the, the work that we're doing and not being um, arrogant in your approach to, even though you know you are helping people long-term, but you can't be arrogant about it. And you've got to make sure the foundational work is, is done. Working with Alex, obviously, in Lebanon, Alex is obviously Lebanese, is making that networking job a lot easier because Alex is doing that part of the role and I'm not doing that myself anymore. And that in itself is making, we're, we're like Alex said, we're making agreements quicker um, and we're getting further forward faster, you know, working um, with Alex rather than an international volunteer. Yeah. Understand, um, Alex. Um, what are the the, the probably mentioned them? Um, what are the most common challenges you face? Mainly, the challenges we are facing right now is securing funding to help the organization continue. Because uh, as as you can imagine here, especially in Lebanon, the situation is really getting worse day by day. There is an economic crisis. Uh, people are having trouble uh, getting electricity to their house. Uh, they have trouble to get to the dentist even if they require uh, dental help because the transportation fee is now high and uh, no proper public transportation uh, also. So now we are facing difficulties to, to get the beneficiaries to our clinics to receive the treatment uh, they require. Uh, so this is mainly the challenge that we are facing right now, plus securing funding to be able to continue with the project because uh, really people are in need and there is a big demand on uh, dental uh, work at the meantime. Alex, could you just explain the exchange rate, what, what the exchange rate is at the moment? Because that's obviously a key, isn't it, to, to what okay. we're doing? Yes, of course. Uh, in the past two years, the Lebanese pound has deteriorated and lost more than 90% of its original uh, value. And some people living here in Lebanon are still getting their wages at the old uh, rate, which now doesn't even buy two tanks of gas for their uh, cars. So this is a huge issue we are uh, facing. Uh, people's wages can't, and salaries aren't able to provide food for the entire family. Some families uh, sleep without having dinner uh, nowadays. And there's no uh, public health uh, services. They have to go to the private sector. Uh, therefore, they can't secure uh, medical uh, services with their low wages that are still on the old uh, rate. So that means that um, there is hardly support from local or federal governments. No support, no. if you if you can say minimal. So we don't say no, but very minimal and basic. Oh wow, wow! Also, oh, that's that's really really sad. So. Um, um, but still your team was able to establish an emergency clinic in Beirut. How did you accomplish this with yes. all these um, challenges going on? I'll explain the process, how we function here uh, in Lebanon. In Lebanon, we have agreements uh, with several private practice uh, clinics. Uh, first of all, we do the marketing campaign uh, saying that we are offering free dental emergency treatments, especially we, the main target for us are people in pain. Our main objective is to remo remove pain, dental pain from people, not to provide like dental crowns or implants because so, uh, some people may, might confuse uh, dentistry as it's something for of luxury or cosmetics. It's not. Uh, dentistry is sometimes uh, saves people from life-threatening diseases like abscesses that might 
become something more severe and life-threatening, especially in uh, children. So what we do is we do campaigns. Uh, people uh, sign up uh, to receive the treatment. We do a triage uh, process where we choose the most urgent cases, and then we refer them to one of our private uh, clinics that we have agreements with. Uh, there they receive the treatment free of charge, and we later pay the clinics, the clinics upon a pre-approved price list for each uh, treatment. So therefore, we require funding to enable to pay for these private uh, clinics. But as I mentioned before, the main issue now is not also is not only paying the clinics for the services, is trying to help these beneficiaries get to the clinics and trying to find appointments, giving that the clinics don't have uh, electricity all the time. We, we have like electricity like uh, uh, for a few hours a day, and we have to fit the beneficiaries in these times where the, the clinics have electricity. So <laughs> electricity is something you take maybe for granted, but here yeah. it's now becoming <laughs> an issue. Yeah, I think it's worth to mention as well, Ben, that um, in terms of the private clinics, we're not paying salaries to the to the dentists. They're they're volunteering their time for free. for free. So all the funding that we get is covering the consumables only. Yes, yes. So so all the all the dentists are not getting paid. A volunteers. Private, yeah, the volunteers. They're not getting paid. So basically, they're giving us their clinic. They're then doing the work. We are sending the beneficiaries direct to them, and then we are just covering the cost of. The consumables only. That's amazing. And, they, and they're, they're volunteering. Then what happens is we have a, tre- a, a um, an aftercare service, again, volunteers. They then phone the beneficiary, and then we measure. Um, I don't know if you've seen on our social media, but we measure the treatment as if they were a yeah, satisfaction survey, as if they're a private uh, patient. Is in were you seen on time? Were you, were, you, were you given compassion? Was it paid? Comfort. Paid free? Comfort. So... We, we measure as well, even though people are volunteers, we measure the beneficiary's journey with that person as well. So we treat them as a, as a you know, we would anybody like else. Like a private patient. We ensure yeah. the quality as if they were private paying patients for those clinics. Die Mission von Zirkum Medical, unsere Mission ist es, Zahnärzte und Patienten mit optimalen Zahnersatzlösungen in Kontakt zu bringen. Die Wohlbefinden, natürliche Ästhetik Und Langlebigkeit gewährleisten. There, I have two, two, two questions. First is on, 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 the, on, on, the, on the consumer, maybe. Um, is like this sounds in, 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 in the area where there's no electricity and the weight, uh, the, the salary is so low. This sounds sometimes too good to be true. So, exactly. Is, uh, um, do, are people really, um, t- t- um, let's say, how do you establish the trust? Because when when I'm in in this environment, I think that there must be a, there must be some kind of later payments or something going on. So there there must are these yes, challenges the kids face and the parents face. Okay, uh, we faced it a bit at at first when we started doing the campaign. Uh, we didn't really get a lot of calls. Surprisingly, I was expecting that the phone will blow up with the calls people wanting to come and receive treatment. But at first, it was very shy, okay? Uh, people weren't believing it, as you said. 
Uh, then somebody came and tried and received the treatment and they were really satisfied and they started telling their neighbors and their neighbors think so uh, people started referring each other to the clinic that worked more than the marketing campaign that we did because as you said it was too good uh, to be true so there were people who tried and received the treatment and were satisfied that referred other patients like them who were from the same socioeconomical uh, level and I said, and how do you find that the, the, the dental professionals um, who say, because they, they, they have to um, give up their time, also their time with the, the electricity to, yes. to, to, to help people um, um, and, and making no money out of it. So how do you find, uh, how do you convince also that the dental professional for this greater impact, for this um Um, I, I think I'll just I'll just I'll just go in. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. I'm just going to go okay. mention the blast because when the when the Beirut blast happened, we did a marketing campaign on Instagram just in Beirut, looking for people to help. And within 24 hours, we had to close the campaign down. We had over 43 dentists that contacted us within the first 24 hours. So, I mean, Alex, you'll obviously add to this, but I think really when you're talking, again, going back to your own community, when you're looking after your own community and there's a crisis, as human beings by nature, we're set up to, uh, you know, help each other and, and to come together as, as um, I mean, there's studies on this, uh, but th that's really what we do, isn't it, as, as, as people. But we have never had a shortage of people wanting to come forward and help because, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're helping each other and also it's for the greater good. And going back to what I was mentioning about corporate social responsibility for, for dental people, it's, you know, if dental has given you a good income and you can actually, like Alex says, save somebody's life or take someone out of pain, you know, you, I, I don't know what's not to, to love, <laughs> you know, if you can. Sorry, Alex. You it's go. okay. No, no. You just said what I wanted to say. I just wanted to add that mainly the dentists that are working with us are also volunteering with other uh, NGOs. They are people who love uh, to help uh, others, especially in the field, because mainly all the NGOs who help or work in Lebanon, work on a medical field or a humanitarian field, rare are the NGOs that uh, work on the dental uh, field. And Dental Mavericks is maybe uh, The, the only maybe a NGO, international NGO, if I might say, that's uh, targeting dental help in Lebanon. Yeah, and for free, because <laughs> I know that for free. for free, yeah, yeah. How, how can interested parties contribute to your cause? Because you are, you, there is definitely a need and, 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 and how, how can other people help you getting this project forward, this idea, this impact forward? Um, I think what we're really looking for is, is, as Alex mentioned earlier, is sustainability. And we have a membership scheme. Um, and the membership scheme is, I, I think the costs are you can even pay between 30 or 50 sterling or, or whatever it is in, in dollar or in Euro, euros um, a month. Um, and that then contributes something that's more sustainable. And you were asking about the marketing. Um, I know a lot of business people that want to give back, but they don't have the time. So the membership scheme is set up so that you're contributing towards the, the industry that gives you an, an income. But Dental Mavericks will make it really easy for you in that we'll do some social media posts for you. We'll thank you publicly. Um, you know, you'll get a certificate to say thank you. And also that you know 
um, that you're contributing, you know, it, it costs us around seven, uh, $7 to, to, to look at someone and take them out of pain, up to $19 to take someone through full treatment. It's not, you know, a, what I love about the work that we do is a little bit of money goes a long way. And yes. dentistry, as you know, is one of the most expensive medical treatments out there. It's a lot more expensive than pediatric uh, doctors, GPs, and so on, because of I, it, we did some costings. We're very data led, and it costs us around thirty six dollars a, a, a quarter of an hour to run our own clinic, which is why we've outsourced. Um, so we know it's an expensive commodity, but you know, just the idea of a child being in pain and being able to being able to take be taken out of pain and be able to study, for example. And as you know, in Beirut, there's a, like Alex said, there's so many other things happening in Beirut, which, you know, from a child's perspective is quite traumatic in itself. And then having tooth, toothache or, or like, you know, a, a potential abscess on, on top of that, it's just too much to bear, really. Yeah. So, you know, and for the cost of what, $19, you know, it's not a lot of money. Yeah. In, in all these years, um, with the experience now um, on the field and also with your experience, Kelly, with the organization of this all, um, do you have some moments, some really emotional moments which stick to you? Can you share maybe one or the other with us? Emotions, moments which really say, oh, that had a lot of impact in my heart. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's, there's a lot, but I think just going back, I'll, I'll uh, just going back to what I've said is is really the gratitude that you get from people when you take them out of pain. But specifically for children, um, one of the key, I remember being in Morocco um, two years to just pre, pre, right before COVID hit, um, and a little boy had come into the clinic, and we've got a picture actually on our Instagram page, and his abscess was basically from here all the way down, and his eye was, you know, you know, he had a fever. Um, and the thing is, the way that I look at it is that because of the infrastructure within Lebanon and the infrastructure within Morocco, actually, there will be fatalities through abscesses that are not getting recorded um, because, you know, it happens with no infrastructure. We're not used to it because we have infrastructure. But when you don't have infrastructure, you don't know what the outcome of not being treated is going to be. And Alex will probably tell me more on this. But being able to take that child out of pain, but also re to reduce the, the possibility of sepsis in a boy of what, seven years old is just like, you know, it, it shouldn't be happening. Um, but it's also education as well, but they're the type of moments or, you know, a, a, the headmasters come and we've gone and done a full school and said, my, my, my students can study now and they'll pass their exams because they're not in pain. You know, you go into some rural areas in Morocco and 99% of the children have got an abscess and they're living day to day like that. They're not complaining. Wow. Yeah. But you, you'll probably back me up on that, um, Alex, in terms of yes. obviously infrastructure. Uh, just last week, uh, a two-year-old uh, died at the hospital because her parents couldn't provide the down payment to pay for it. And it, the news just passed. Uh, as if nothing had happened because we are now unfortunately used to to news sad news like this because it's keep on uh, happening there's no infrastructure no government support and day by day things are getting worse so uh, we need all the help uh, we can get right now yeah I understand so when you say you need help, what are your, let's say, what are your goals for the, let's, for the near future? So it's not like, um, let, let's say, end of 23 or maybe 24. What are, what are your goals? 
Uh, well, I, I mean, the main goal is that just going back to the beginning of, of the conversation is that we've we, we were funded by volunteers for 12 years because the volunteers we were taking around 120 volunteers a year into Lebanon and Morocco. So the funding from the volunteers actually grew, helped to sustain. We've now had to pivot and we're, we've we've got to look for private funding. And as Alex says, we tend to just we're just dripping along. So we're working short term rather than long term. Um, and the goal really is if we can, ex- if we, because I don't think in the near future we're going to be returning to being a volunteer-led organisation. I mean, Morocco is still closed. And to be honest, vol- uh, the, the, the setup we've got in Lebanon works much better to be able to enhance uh, work through local dentists rather than taking in volunteers. So the, the angle now is to grow the membership. So if we can get practices signing up for the membership on a monthly basis, we can sustain the foundation of the practice of the of the NGO, which means that you know Alex's role can be sustained. That we can sustain the practices. We only we we treat around hundred beneficiaries a month uh, full treatment. That's that's where we're at. The infrastructure of the charity, and we, this is available to anybody that's interested in donating. Our data is really on point in that we've got you know right down to anybody that's made a complaint or not happy or is happy or has gone through treatment. We can tell you in an instant data that anybody needs. Um, and so we're in a position where we could expand now um, with funding. And it, for two thousand dollars a month, for instance, we can do another hundred beneficiaries. That's nothing. Wow, that, nothing. And you can help so many lives. Yeah. Yes. Um, that's that's amazing. So where can people, where can we find you? Where can we find your membership? Okay, so uh, the membership is on um on our Instagram link in bio. Um it's also on our website as well. Um I'll also email you the links as well if you when you once this podcast goes out, if you don't mind sending the links for that. It's a very simple membership, as I said. It's very, you know, it's very easy just to, to plug into. Um, and if anyone's got any questions, they can contact myself, um, you know, through social media or through the website, and we can answer any questions. Or if someone, some people might just want to make a single donation and not want to sign up for membership. The one thing that I will say to you is that every euro, pound, or dollar goes to the project. We, I volunteer my time for free. I have done for 12 years. I don't take any money from the charity. It all sustains the project. So we have a lot of volunteers. About 60% of our team is volunteer-led. So it's you are really, what I say, you know, the return on investment for a donation like this is specifically to the beneficiary. Um, and we can give reports and any information that the, you know, the donor would want in terms of uh, feedback or data. Um, we've just had a donor last year that that, that funded our project um, for six months, and you know we put a report together, and, and you know we can physically show without obviously the patient details, but the treatment, you know what went through, and, and, and all the rest of it. So we're very data led. Yeah, that's great. So we, I will um, put every link out in our in our article in our podcast, so that every every person we share the article can has the possibility to to opt in and to do a donation or best would be a membership because this is then a an ongoing process which is um always more beneficial so um thank you um uh, Kelly and Alex um for for having the time with me talking about this amazing project also I will go internally and see how we can support this cause and I'm 
really thank a big you. fan, a big believer um, for Dental Maverick. So thank you for participating in, 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 in this kind of podcast. No, thank you. It's a great opportunity for us both. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Okay. Sure, sure. Wenn Sie mehr darüber erfahren möchten, wie Zircom Medical Ihnen und Ihrer Zahnarztpraxis helfen kann, dann besuchen Sie uns unter mypatten.com bzw. werfen Sie einen Blick in unser Online-Magazin, wo wir wöchentlich neue Podcast-Gäste vorstellen. Bis zur nächsten Folge.